Let's open up our Bibles, please, to the book of Galatians. And while we're opening up our Bibles there, I want to remind all of you uh, to please continue to support the church financially through your giving. Uh, we really appreciate how faithful all of you have been, how loyal all of you have been to supporting the church. And, of course, um, we continually need the support so that we can continue to move forward in our church with all of our different responsibilities that are financial. Uh, so please make sure that you visit our ushers before you leave and drop off your offering to them because we will not be passing around the offering bags. And, of course, you're always welcome to mail in your offerings or contribute through our online services. Right now we're going to pray for the offering and we're going to pray for the reading of God's word here this evening. Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for allowing us the privilege and the honor of being here tonight, Lord. Thank you, God, that you helped us to prioritize this time. Those that are physically here, Lord God, and they made up in their minds and said, we're going to lay everything aside and go to church. Those that are watching online, Lord, I pray that you will help them to just not be distracted by anything that may be going on around them, that they would set this time aside to focus on on your word. We thank you, Father, for the time of worship and praise and adoration unto you, that, Lord God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray that you would that you uh, comforted and encouraged and strengthened and, and ministered to those, Lord God, that are hurting in any way, shape, or form. And now, Father, we get to the section of the Bible where we read from your holy word. And, Father, we ask you to bless the word of the Lord. We ask you to bless the offerings that are going to be received this night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, very good. So let's read Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And uh, we're beginning a brand new book of study. We just finished the book of Colossians. And now we want to begin reading uh, a brand new book or studying a brand new book, the book of Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And the Bible says this, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I, when I read just that very first verse of Scripture, I say to myself, man, what a powerful and bold statement to make right at the beginning of a letter. Let me read verse 1 again. It says, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. How many of you know you really cannot answer... Uh, uh, you really cannot argue against something like that. Can you say amen? When you say, God sent me to this place. God sent me and God ordered me to write this letter for you. So it's a very powerful beginning. But, and it's a very powerful statement. But before we even get into verse 1, before we even get into studying this letter, I think it's important that we educate ourselves a little bit about where Galatia is and why the Apostle Paul was writing to them 
in the first place. So is it okay if I do a little bit of Bible college here tonight? Would that be okay as we just begin this letter, okay? This is kind of what you would learn if you're going to Bible college, a little bit of the history, a little bit of the preparation as to why this letter even exists. So to begin with, let's go back to our two favorite teachers, our two favorite theologians and friends, and Bible experts to give us a tour of the Apostle Paul's three missionary journeys. These two guys, I have a lot of respect for them, so let's go ahead and watch this video as they take us again on a tour of Paul's three missionary journeys. You guys ready? Okay, here we go. All right. The first was around 46 AD. Look, we're drawing a line. Starting in Antioch, Paul sailed to the island of Cyprus, then sailed up to Asia Minor and visited the city of Perga, another city called Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and Derby. Then he did the whole thing backwards. Lystra, Iconium, the other Antioch, Perga, then Adelaia, then sailed all the way back to Antioch, 1,400 miles. He must have used a lot of gas. No, he was either in a boat or walking the whole way. I bet those Roman roads came in, Andy. They sure did. His next trip was much further. Around 49 AD, he walked to Tarsus, then Cilicia, Derby, Lystra, Iconium, Phrygia. That sounds cold. I don't think it was. Then up to an area called Galatia, and all the way over to another called Mysia, then Troas, and then he visited Samothrace, Neapolis, Philippi, Amphipolis, Apollonia, Thessalonica, Berea, then all the way down to Athens, which is the center of Greek culture, then over to Corinth, where he stayed for a year and a half, then Sankri, then back on our boat and all the way over to Ephesus, then all the way down back across the Mediterranean, all the way to Caesarea. Whoa, what a long trip. And then to Jerusalem, 2,800 miles. He must have worn out his sneakers. I think he wore out several pair of sneakers. And finally, a few years later, around 52 AD, he went on his third big trip. From Antioch, he walked all the way up through Galatia. That would make your feet sore. Then to Phrygia, and on to Ephesus, where he stayed for three years. That's a long time. Then all the way up to an area called Macedonia. Macedonia, I like that name. And back on another boat, all the way down to Corinth. Then all the way back up to Macedonia. Again? Yep, again. And then on another boat over to Troas, Assos, Mytilene, Chios, Samos, Miletus, Kos, down to Rhodes over to Patera, then once again back across the Mediterranean Sea all the way to Tyre, and down to Ptolemaeus, Caesarea, and finally back to Jerusalem again, another 2,700 miles. That's a lot of traveling. It sure is. It's like crossing America from one end to the other three and a half times and without cars or trains or planes, just his two feet and a boat here and there. It's pretty amazing what Paul did. And everywhere he went, he preached and taught people about Jesus. And the new Christians gathered together. They assembled together in groups in each town. 
We call these groups churches, a word that means assembly or to gather together. Very good. Thank you, Danielle, for that. Amen. Okay. So those are our two famous theologians, okay, that we've been referring to for a while now. Now, to further understand what we're talking about here, okay, I want to show you a picture here. And in this picture, you're going to see this is the Roman Empire. The entire area there is the Roman Empire, the whole thing right there. Now, if you notice here, the Roman Empire is divided into sections, all these little sections. You know how the United States of America has separate states that make up the whole country of the United States of America? Well, the Roman Empire did the same thing. As a matter of fact, our founding fathers got the idea to have separate states from the Roman Empire. So all these little sections here that you see, okay, are all different states or regions that were divided so that the Caesar could have control and be able to uh, understand what was going on. So he would have senators there. He would have governors there, all kinds of politicians there. They would report to the city of Rome and give him reports of all the different areas uh, around the Roman Empire. This red section right here that you see here, we're going to call that the state of Galatia or the region of Galatia. Notice that it's a whole section. It's not a city. It's a whole region or a whole state. Now, I want to go to the second picture, please, because we're going to be showing a close-up of Galatia. All right. Now, here's Galatia, the red section here. And surrounding it, we have a bunch of states. And we have Cilicia here, Lycia, Phrygia, Asia, Bithynia. We have all these different states. But here in the center is Galatia. Can somebody tell me? What is the, the current or the modern country that is located right here? So here's Israel right here, okay? What is this country? Anybody know the country there? Yes, Richard? Very good. This is a nation of Turkey as it is today. But at that time, it was called Asia and Asia Minor. And here we have Galatia. That whole section right there is a region or a state in the nation of what we would call Turkey today. Everyone following me so far? Okay. We're trying to identify here this area. Now let's go to the third picture. Okay. In this third picture here, we have the state of Galatia that is isolated or that is showing here. And what I want to point out here is that in the state of Galatia, you have these cities. You have Antioch, you have Lystra, you have Iconium, and you have Derby. I don't know if you can see it way back there. I don't know, ushers, if you can see those. Okay, but those are the cities. Those are the four cities that are listed there in the state of Galatia. Okay, and that's really important, and we're going to refer to those in just a little bit. And now we're going to go to the final picture, the, the fourth picture that I want to show you. This complicated picture here shows the Apostle Paul's four missionary journeys. And we have the legend right here. Dark blue first missionary journey that looks like orange, second, purple, third, and the green. That's his voyage to Rome. Those of you that are watching online, you don't have the advantage of the pointer that I'm using here at church. So you're going to have to just do your best to follow along with what we're doing here, okay? So we have the picture there of the four different missionary journeys, actually, three plus his travels to Rome. Now, 
Uh, and we're showing here, see this green area right here, that whole green area? That is the state of Galatia. Everyone with me so far? That whole entire green area is the state of Galatia. And in that state of Galatia, you have a bunch of these little countries that I already, Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and Derby. Way down here is Derby. Okay? Very good. So now, what I want to do is I want to show you why this is important. It's important because when we studied the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul was writing to a specific church in a specific city. The Colossians in the church of Colossae. But here, the Apostle Paul is addressing this letter to the churches in a large geographical area, the state of Galatia. Not just one specific church, but a bunch of churches that are located in this area of Galatia. This is why it's important for us to identify what Galatia is and what the Apostle Paul is talking about. So we're not talking about a city. We're talking about a state with a bunch of churches located in that state. You guys tracking with me so far? Can you say amen? Okay, very good. So let's go ahead and uh, we're going to keep this picture up of the missionary journeys because I want to trace the Apostle Paul's first missionary journey scripturally. And we're going to be following this dark blue line right there, that dark blue line, okay? And he's going to be beginning down here. He's going to go all the way up here and then coming back again. We're going to trace that dark blue line. Those of you that are watching online, we're going to be tracing the dark blue line. Maybe it looks black on your screens. I'm not sure, but that's the one that we're going to be tracing right now, and we're going to follow it according to what the Bible teaches. So let's go first of all to the book of Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13 verses 1 through 4. And listen to what it says here in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. It says, Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. For the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. So the Bible says here that they went from Antioch to Seleucia. It's going to be really hard for you guys to see there. All the way to the island of Cyprus down here. Okay, that's the beginning of their journey right there. Now, it says here in verse 6, in verse 5, it says, When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them. This is John Mark was with them as their helper or their apprentice. So now they are in a little city called Salamis here on the island of Cyprus. We're following along here with what the Bible teaches us. In Acts chapter 13, verse 6, it says this, they traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus. So they went to, from Salamis, traveled across the island of Cyprus, and ended up in this little city called Paphos on the other side of the island of Cyprus. And we're just following along with what the Bible teaches. 
All right. Now we're going to skip some verses, and we're going to go to Acts chapter 13, verse 13. Because from Paphos, which is on the island of Cyprus, they went to the state of Pamphylia to a city called Perga. And this is where John Mark bails out on them. If you were here for our Bible study in the book of Colossians, you know that John Mark started with them, but then he bailed on them later on. And this is where he bailed. This is Acts chapter 13, verse 13. And it says this, From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, or in the state of Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. So now we're tracking here. We go from Paphos. And he followed that line there, and now they're in Perga, which is in the state of Pamphylia there. That's the state of Pamphylia, and they're in Perga now. And they're preaching there, and they're doing their thing for God there. Now let's go to verse 14, Acts chapter 13, verse 14, because here they left Perga, and they went to Antioch in the county of Pisidia, and now they're entering the state of Galatia. They're, li- they're leaving Pamphylia, and they're going into the state of Galatia. Let me read verse 14. From Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. So now they went from Perga, which is here, all the way up into the green section. And what is the green section? Somebody tell me what that green section is. Galatia. Okay, and here's Antioch up here in the state of Galatia. So Antioch is a city in the state of Galatia, the whole state there. All right. Now, we're going to skip some verses because there's a lot of stuff that happened there that we're not going to get into right now. And in Acts chapter 13, verses 49 through 52, they leave Antioch and they go to Iconium. Iconium is still in the state of Galatia. So let's read verse 49. It says this. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So now... They went from Antioch to Iconium. I know that it's hard for you guys to see. Hopefully those of you online. They went from Antioch to Iconium. Iconium is still in the state of Galatia. And then if we continue on in Acts chapter 14, verses 3 through 6. Acts chapter 14, verses 3 through 6. It says that they went from Iconium to Lystra and Derbe. They're still in Galatia. It says here. So Paul, this is Acts chapter 14, verses 3 through 6, it says, So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. How many of you know that once signs and wonders start happening, it's going to draw a crowd? I mean, there's going to be some excitement. Would you guys all agree with that? Can you say amen? Okay? Signs and wonders. They're preaching, and now miracles are happening. Signs and wonders are happening. Verse 4, the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among uh, among both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to the Lycaonian cities of Lystra and Derbe, and to the surrounding 
country. So from there, they went to, you can't see it very good, but they went to Lystra and Derby, which are these two cities right here. All of these cities that we just mentioned are in the state of Galatia, the entire state of Galatia. Then look what happens in Acts chapter 14, verses 8 through 15. It says this, In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lycaonian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas, they called Zeus, and Paul, they called Hermes, because he was a chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard, heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So again, they saw a fantastic, powerful miracle. And what happens? They got all excited. They even wanted to worship them as gods. But it attracted attention and the gospel was spreading. So from these very powerful events, the gospel is spreading throughout the state of Galatia. And of course, other home churches are begun as a result. So when the Bible tells us that Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians, he is not writing to a particular church in a particular city, Paul was writing to a group of churches, a whole group of churches in the entire state of Galatia. And there were many churches in the state that were now being birthed as a result of not only what the apostle Paul and Barnabas were doing, but because of the miracles, people talk and other people talk and they talked about Jesus and the miracle working power of Jesus. And churches started being birthed throughout the state of Galatia. Are you guys following and tracking with me? Can you say amen? Very good. So later, when Paul and Silas go on the second missionary journey, the Bible specifically tells us that they went back and they visited Derby, Lystra, and Iconium. Again, those are in Galatia, the southern section of the state of Galatia. They went through, then the Bible says that they went through Phrygia and went through Galatia and the northern section of Turkey which was the state of Mysia. Let me read that to you. In Acts chapter 16, this is the, second, the beginning of the second missionary journey. It says here in Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 8, it says, Paul came to Derby, which is right there. So now they're going backwards. He started here. Okay. So let me see. Let's follow this brown line here. Okay. He started here, goes all the way up here, and he goes to Derby. He starts here. All right. Then it says, that he went to Lystra and Iconium. Those are the same cities in here in the, in the state of Galatia. He's going backwards now. And so he came to Derby and then Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. So he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. 
As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia. Okay, let's see if we can find Phrygia up here. This is Phrygia. And then it says here, and Galatia. So this whole area, now they're going up north and they're going through all of Galatia here. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. So from here, they instead of going uh, up here, they went all across through Mysia and ended up in Troas. Okay, here's Troas right here. All right, very good. So now we're going to talk about the third missionary journey. And the third missionary journey begins... By visiting the region of the state of Galatia. Let's go to this color code right here. Okay, this is purple. Begins here. And again, they start here and they go through Galatia. They start there. Let me read it to you in Acts chapter 18, verse 23. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. So he's traveling here, and he's going throughout the Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening the churches there. Now, why am I going through all of this? This is why I like the video of our two Bible teachers giving us a tour on that little red airplane of Paul's missionary journeys. Because the maps that we're seeing right here, and the maps that you'll see when you study this section of Scripture... We saw that Paul the Apostle that was simply going through the southern region. All three missionary journeys show Paul just centered here or focusing here on the, on the southern part of Galatia. Are you guys following what I'm saying? Okay. But biblically speaking, that's not correct. Because the Bible tells us that he just didn't stick around the southern section of Galatia. He also went up into the northern part of Galatia to visit there. And these maps don't show that on the missionary journeys. Which is why I like that video of those two guys giving us a tour of Paul's missionary journeys. Because it actually shows the Apostle Paul going up into the northern section of Galatia. All the way up north here into the other areas of the world that he traveled to, okay? And I like that video so much that I want you to see it one more time, okay? And watch how they go into the northern section of Galatia where our maps do not show them or the Apostle Paul going into the northern section of Galatia because Galatia is a big, giant state. Are you guys following and tracking with me? Can you say amen? Let's watch this video again that I love so much, and hopefully you'll even dream about it tonight. Praise God. Paul went on three big trips. The first was around 46 AD. Look, we're drawing a line. Starting in Antioch, Paul sailed to the island of Cyprus then sailed up to Asia Minor and visited the city of Perga, another city called Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and Derby. Then he did the whole thing backwards, Lystra, Iconium, the other Antioch, 
Persia, then Atalaya, then sailed all the way back to Antioch, 1,400 miles. He must have used a lot of gas. No, he was either in a boat or walking the whole way. I bet those Roman roads came in, Andy. They sure did. His next trip was much further. Around 49 AD, he walked to Tarsus, then Cilicia, Derby, Lystra, Iconium, Phrygia. That sounds cold. I don't think it was. Then up to an area called Galatia, and all the way over to another called Mysia, then Troas, and then he visited Samothrace, Neapolis, Philippi, Amphipolis, Apollonia, Thessalonica, Berea, then all the way down to Athens, which is the center of Greek culture, then over to Corinth, where he stayed for a year and a half, then Sankri, then back on our boat and all the way over to Ephesus, then all the way down back across the Mediterranean, all the way to Caesarea. Whoa, what a long trip. And then to Jerusalem, 2,800 miles. He must have worn out his sneakers. I think he wore out several pair of sneakers. And finally, a few years later, around 52 AD, he went on his third big trip. From Antioch, he walked all the way up through Galatia. That would make your feet sore. Then to Phrygia, and on to Ephesus, where he stayed for three years. That's a long time. Then all the way up to an area called Macedonia. Macedonia, I like that name. And back on another boat, all the way down to Corinth. Then all the way back up to Macedonia. Again? Yep, again. And then on another boat over to Troas, Assos, Mytilene, Chios, Samos, Miletus, Kos, down to Rhodes over to Patera, then once again back across the Mediterranean Sea all the way to Tyre, and down to Ptolemaeus, Caesarea, and finally back to Jerusalem again, another 2,700 miles. Very That's good. a lot of traveling. It's sure right. I like these Bible teachers. They're good. All right. Very good. Okay. So now, now, this is really important. This letter to the Galatians is unique because it is addressed to the churches in the entire state of Galatia. It's not directed or, in, or, uh, or authored or given to just one specific city. So the other letters were addressed to specific cities and to specific churches. The letter to the Corinthians was written to the church in the city of Corinth. The letter to the Romans was written to the church in the city of Rome. The letter to the Ephesians was written to the church in the city of Ephesus. The letter to the Philippians was written to the church in the city of Philippi. The letter to the Colossians was written to the church in the city of Colossae. But the letter to the Galatians was written to the churches in the entire state of Galatia. And this is what makes the letter to the Galatians unique and different than all the other letters that the Apostle Paul wrote. And why was the Apostle Paul writing this letter to the churches in the state of Galatia? Because Paul, when he went there, he preached the gospel of salvation by grace through faith in Christ. And we need to remind ourselves that Paul, along with Barnabas, they pioneered or they started these churches in the state of Galatia. Paul taught 
the Galatians about Christ and how he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Paul taught them that Jesus Christ was God incarnate. Paul taught them that Jesus Christ was the only way to salvation. And how many of you can, can still shout hallelujah to that truth? Can you say amen? Paul taught them that Jesus Christ lived a pure and sinless life before the Father. Paul taught them that Jesus Christ was sacrificed for our sins on the cross. Paul taught them that Jesus Christ willingly and lovingly gave up his body and shed his blood on the cross. Paul taught them that Jesus Christ willingly gave his life and died for us. Paul taught them that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead on the third day for our justification. Paul taught them salvation by grace through faith and he taught that salvation comes by the work of Christ alone and not by any type of work on our part. The apostle Paul taught them about the power of the Holy Spirit and they saw that evidence when they saw the miracles and the supernatural works of God. Now, why was Paul writing to them? Because Paul received news that some deceivers were polluting the gospel of Galatia. How many of you know that the enemy always wants to ruin the party? Do you guys know that? He always wants to ruin the party. He always wants to try to mess with our salvation. He's always trying to convince us, oh, you're not really saved. If you were saved, you wouldn't be doing that. If you were saved, you wouldn't be thinking that. If you were really saved, you wouldn't be going here. If you were really saved, look how you're talking. Look how you're acting. Look how you're behaving. Look at this. You're not, it's a constant battle. A constant battle against the forces of hell that are trying to take us out. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Can you say amen, church? And the apostle Paul here was addressing certain individuals that were trying to confuse the Christians that are going to the churches in the state of Galatia. These are called Judaizers. We talked about them when we talked about the church at Colossae. Judaizers. They were teaching that salvation was possible only for those who were circumcised and who practiced keeping various Old Testament laws, including ceremonial Jewish laws and customs. Their argument was that a Jew, okay, a Jew, in order to be a real Christian, must keep such laws. In, in short, what he was saying is that the doctrine of salvation by faith and not by works as taught by the Apostle Paul was being challenged. How many of you are glad that when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he meant it is finished. Can you say amen, church? You and I cannot add anything else. You and I cannot do anything else to add to our salvation. You and I cannot be better than we already are and make us more saved than we already are. We're saved exactly how we are, even though God sees that we're messed up, even though God sees that we're sinners, even though God sees that we're weak, even though God sees that we're, that, that, that we're broken vessels, it doesn't matter. It's the blood. It's the sacrifice of Jesus that makes us right before God. Can you say amen, church? So Paul taught that Christ did all the work of salvation and that salvation was subsequently applied to the believer as a gift of God's grace, not by works. You and I cannot earn it. You and I don't deserve it. You and I cannot pay for it. You and I cannot uh, in any way, shape, or form, qualify for it. It is simply an act of faith and receiving the completed work of Christ 
on the cross. And the Judaizers were getting in there and trying to cause confusion, trying to mess things up, trying to complicate things. And that's why the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to this large group of believers in Galatia because they personally witnessed not only the power of God and salvation, but they also witnessed the power of God through supernatural signs and wonders. And Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, and we're going to close with this. And the Apostle Paul says this, I am astonished, I am shocked, I'm surprised, I'm disappointed that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Church, let's not make this complicated. Let's not get all crazy. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the Savior. We put our faith in Him. We put our trust in Him. He's all we need. We need nothing else. Can you say amen? Let's go to prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we prepare, Lord God, to dive into this particular book, the book of Galatians, this is a unique book, Lord, because it's the only one that is addressed to a group of churches in a large region or in a large landmass the book of Galatians, to the churches in Galatia. And so, Lord God, we pray that as we begin this study, that you will help us, Lord God, to remember that you did a complete work on the cross. And when the enemy comes in and he tries to torment us, he tries to condemn us, he tries to put a guilt trip on us, tries to, tries to make us feel like losers and failures or, they're not, or that we're not living up to the mark, help us to remind ourselves, Lord God, that you completed the work on the cross for us and that we could rest and be at peace with that. If you're here this evening and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here this, this evening, just lift up your hand. You are not a Christian and you want to surrender your life to Jesus. Just lift up your hand and we will pray. Those of you listening online, if the Holy Spirit is touching your heart, if he's ministering to you right now and letting you know that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation, you're not going to be able to get to heaven by trying to be good. You're not going to be able to go to heaven by going to church. You're not going to be able to go to heaven even by reading your Bible or, 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 by, or, or by being just. No, no, no. There's only one way to heaven, and it's through receiving and believing that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he did a complete work on the cross for you. So if you're listening right now and you say, Jerry, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I want you to repeat this prayer with me right now. Say these words, Father, in the name of Jesus, I willingly come before you and I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I fall short. No matter how good I try to be, I realize tonight that I can never be good enough to please you. So tonight, I willingly open the door to my heart and I ask you, Jesus, to come in. Because what you did, Jesus, pleases God the Father. And you in me will please God the Father. So Lord Jesus, I receive you tonight as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to believe that 
If you see, said that prayer, we're going to believe that you are now a Christian, a child of God. You're saved, not because you deserve it, not because you've earned it, not because you worked for it, but because you put your faith on the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ and His blood and His body that was sacrificed for you. Father, as we conclude this service here tonight, bless your people, Lord God. Encourage us. Help us to stay faithful to you. Help us, Lord God, to rebuke the lies of the enemy when it comes to steal our joy or steal our peace or steal, Lord God, the the, the gift of our salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here tonight. And thank you guys for helping me out with all these maps and videos and everything. Praise God.